Hello, Disruptors. Welcome to our extra podcast for this week, uh, where we talk about the fascinating things we've been doing in the last couple of weeks. Um, So tonight there's me, Tam, and we have Michelle, who is particularly talented on the tambourine. Ah, she is! Really? (laughs) You totally are. (laughs) Thanks. And the lovely Ursh who once rode a motorbike into a fence. Oh, oh yes, true. That's a scary day. Unfortunately, we weren't there to see that. <laughs> no. We've seen some good moments, but we weren't there for the motorbike moment. I almost That's blew great. up the engine good memory, too. Because I kept revving. I, I did go I down in history. break. You want to work that out before you start uh, on You would think. You would think. So good. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> so, Shell, you've had a interesting week. Look, I have. Um, I wanted to share my own hashtag Me Too experience, which oh, happened this week. Look, yeah, I'm. I'm not saying that I had as an extreme encounter as other people, but it just highlighted for me what actually does go on in the world because I've been in this I think quite nice little bubble where people men are generally kind and generous and interested and they maybe keep the thoughts to themselves if they have thoughts (laughs) and certainly (laughs) if they don't expect them. Yeah. What about the men? Uh, yeah, Not all exactly. men. <laughs> okay. So, context. Not all men don't have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such a troll. <laughs> oh, dear. So, okay, context. I'm going to be somewhat vague, obviously, to protect people's identities of people that you'll never know who will never listen to this podcast and probably wouldn't even know what I was saying if I said it anyway. Um, so I had to present to a group of about 80 people from in a sort of more regional setting, not rural, but more regional. And so I had a 45-minute spot and I was talking about change and how to do change hopefully quite well. Um, And I used some examples of my kids and mentioned that I was married and all the rest, right? So fine, I did the talk. It was okay. It's hard to tell if people were really engaged because, you know, you're just talking to them. Um, But then I stayed on for a dinner afterwards and I ended up, I couldn't sit with a group of people that I kind of knew. I ended up um, sitting at a table of all men who were white, who were all in their late 60s through to late 70s, who were all on a board of an organisation. Mistake number one. (laughs) (laughs) I So I'm the only, like they knew each other, they're all in the same situation and I'm female and I don't know them at all. And as I sit down, the president comes over to me, leans over my shoulder and and, because they've all sat through my presentation, right, so I just want to make that clear, leans over my shoulder and goes, I just just have to know, uh, were you part of Miss World? And I'm like, ha, 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 and he goes, because I would have voted for you. Ah, Like, what? That's just weird and uncomfortable. So um, he sits down. They all, yeah, down. I kid you not, so much beer. They filled the red wine glasses to the absolute rim to the point that they were just laughing with each other. And then proceeded just awkward, 
conversations with innuendo, blatant comments, um, just really uncomfortable. So luckily the one guy I was sitting next to had only joined in the last four months and he was only having one drink. He didn't have any more. Oh, that's the other thing. I said, oh, I'm not actually drinking. Oh, you're pregnant? Was there a immediate response? Oh uh, no, none of your business. They still pour me a drink and expect me to cheers and drink. I'm like, you're not bullying me into drinking. Oh <laughs> and then oh, so the guy shit. next to me at one point shows me, a, opens his phone to show me a picture of his gorgeous little granddaughter who's like seven months old. So he's showing me that. It's, it's a text message that, that he has with his daughter, right, who's sending a photo of his granddaughter. The other men at the table say, oh, 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 look out, be careful. What photos are going to come up? Oh, it could be porn. Ew. Actually Ew. Said that. Yeah. And then at the very end, there's a very same president who I ended up having finally a decent conversation with about, and he was like, actually, you know, they, he took away some points from my talk and said, actually, I'm going to implement this, this and this when I go back to the club. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He actually heard something that I said. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, oh, can I get your business card? And I said, sure, here you go. Probably best to call my mobile because the work number has changed. Oh, so just check it. This is your personal number, right? So I'll call you on your personal mm. number. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yes, so. Bye. <laughs> I just raced out the door. <laughs> and I got home and I just said to Bruce, like, it was – just so, like, I didn't actually feel personally offended or, you know, like anything was going to happen mm. beyond just the awkward um, innuendo and blatant commentary. But it just highlighted how tricky it is for women in those situations yeah. because yeah. I wanted to say, are you kidding me? Yeah. Step down off your weird world. And kid you not, like the whole set of presentations before mine and mine was about needing diversity and to bring more women into boards and to actually um, not have this idea of groupthink where everyone thinks the same. And they just played it out, like, Uh, completely. (laughs) But yet I didn't say anything. I sort of obviously wasn't laughing along fully, but I sort of did the fake laugh because you want to not look rude. Mm -hmm. And just all of those things that women say about how in that moment you want to walk away but you don't because you don't want to make it uncomfortable, but they're the ones making it uncomfortable. And I just had that exact experience. And that was in a big public setting with heaps of people around. Um, Again, I didn't feel unsafe. I just felt gross and that it was unnecessary, but I didn't say anything because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make the situation more uncomfortable than it already was. Mm. Yeah. And I hate yeah, myself for that. Want to, no, but you, were, yeah, you didn't want to make it uncomfortable for them. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so anyway, that was my own little. They didn't care about making it uncomfortable for you. No. Yeah. And it's like, and I get that age group of men who think that it's maybe kind of endearing or like a way to get along with somebody. But yeah, they just have not read the next generation or the following generations very well at all. Mm. Uh, so anyway, that, yes. that's my story. I don't know. Well, I've got a little antidote to that story. Oh, please share. Maybe about maybe bringing up the next generation of woke <laughs> Yay. Um, little boys. So um, my middle boy was sitting at the kitchen bench the other night at bedtime reading to me. He's reading Lord of the Rings. So oh my it's um 
it's quite a big book to get through and he likes to have someone to share it with. Anyway, sitting there, I had done the grocery shopping that day and my tampons were sitting on the kitchen bench. (laughs) So he kind of looked at them. Yes. What's tampons? Mm. I said, oh, that's, you know, that's for ladies. I said, do you know about periods? He goes, "Mm, no. (laughs) I said, okay. So I gave him a bit of a, you know, nine-year-old appropriate explanation about periods, about, you know, how – uh, women make eggs that make babies in them and then if the egg doesn't get used then it has to come out so and that's why we have tampons so that we don't make a mess everywhere so I you know told him all that and he asked me a couple of questions oh where does it go and all these kind of things which you know totally appropriate questions anyway had this had this chat and at the end of it he looks at me and goes mum you should have just said you didn't want to talk about it <laughs> at the end he realized it was way too much information oh, <laughs> one more boy that knows about periods yeah, good on good you. yeah i think yeah. that's amazing Not enough of them. <laughs> that's good changing the tide i like it yeah, yeah. i love it anyway that's good oh, that's so good what have you been doing this week have you been getting out i have not been getting out has anyone been getting out and doing things I have been getting out and doing things, which I'll tell you about in a moment. But I was going to lead in from your little talk, ladies, from um, I watched a DVD, which was really fun. It was a DVD from the library, but I'm sure you can download it somewhere. Um, it was the, the the movie called The Battle of the Sexes, which has oh, Steve Oh, yeah, it's on iTunes. And, it's a tennis one. Uh, is it? Okay, it's on iTunes and um, Emma Stone. <laughs> and I'd seen yep. it, like, when yep. it came out and thought, not seen it, but saw of it and thought oh that kind of looks a bit mm, whatever it was fantastic yeah. it oh, was good. Really, yeah it was so funny and enlightening and interesting so it basically tells the story of billy jean king who was recently out obviously in melbourne for the australian open and mm. she was like the patron and it was just about her early career and what an amazing woman like she was the one that was like women should be paid the same as men or at least somewhere mm. in the vicinity. And so she started <laughs> up her own women's league in, I'm sure that's not the correct terminology, but anyway, the Women's <laughs> Tennis League in America, which split from the main, let's say, Tennis America. And she got all the women on board and they started playing their own matches and getting their own sponsorship and incredible but around this time there was a um, tennis player called Bobby Riggs who was like an old champion I guess he was maybe he was no longer playing professional tennis but he had won matches and he was like just completely sexist but also played up to it like one of his killer lines from the um, film is I'm putting the show back in chauvinism <laughs> and he just like did all these crazy media stunts to um, draw attention. But what he did was challenge Billie Jean King to play him, like kind of saying men are better than mm. women, so you girls shouldn't, you know, you women shouldn't get the same pay as us men because you're not as good as us. And even though I'm a retired champion and you're in the prime of your game, um, I bet you can't play me and win. So that's kind of what mm. the whole film is about um, as well as some other little side things but um yeah it's just a really fun fun dvd so i recommend if you can get it on itunes or get it from your local library it's a really fun <laughs> um, yeah oh, wow. yeah um, great 
Yes, but out and about, uh, I wanted to give a shout out if you're in Melbourne to go to the Abbotsford Convent. Um, mm. In Abbotsford, and it's beautiful. I went <laughs> and there. It's a convent. <laughs> yeah, it's a convent. <laughs> uh, I went there for a wedding last week. I have to say, like best wedding of all time. It's um, so shout out to Jess and Tom, but they both have a different, I guess, multicultural family background. So there was lots of like Greek dancing and Italian food and craziness and Lebanese drums and bagpipes. It was like I've never been to a wedding and reception like it before. It was, really? it was just so much fun. It was phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, just the grounds and the beautiful chapel there and there's art galleries and cafes and just, yeah, it was just a really beautiful place to go. So I highly recommend mm-hmm. if you're in Melbourne looking for something to do on a Saturday to take yourself down to the Abbotsford Convent. Have you been out and about? I, yeah, I went uh, with a fellow disruptor to a movie. Ooh. Oh. To the cinema. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, which was really fun. Uh, so Claire and I Just... went to see Phantom Thread, um, which is with Daniel Day-Lewis. That's the last film he said that he'll do. He's retiring after this film. Mm. And, yeah, it was a really interesting film I'd heard like the film reviewer that I listened to Kermode from the BBC um, podcast has seen it four times and just loves it right so absolutely raved about it Mm. so I did go in with high expectations and look it was yeah it was interesting he's a it's beautifully acted but very understated which I guess is why a film Mm. reviewer likes it (laughs) someone who sees a lot of films when someone actually plays it to a T it's amazing um, mm. And so he basically he's a, uh, in the 50s and he's a dressmaker and he idolises mm. his mother who died many years prior and he basically has, it's, I think he kind of has OCD is sort of what's implied um, with how he operates and his sister ensures that everyone tiptoes around him and he always ends up with a female muse who he will have as his partner who will live in the house, who will wear the beautiful dresses and then he'll tire of them and they'll just have to move out and move on and the next person will come in. Um, but then it centres around his relationship with one particular woman who plays it beautifully. Um, yeah, so I thought could I just read Claire's fantastic insights that she has messaged mm-hmm. me because she says it's far more eloquently me- than me. A surprising tale of an atypical relationship, not a story you might be used to, but when you start to think about it, His rather messed up need to be mistreated isn't all that uncommon. Some people in their state of weird and unbalanced, overinflated sense of self only know how to mistreat after a while. And these same people just can't accept love. They don't really know what to do when people are just genuine and nice. It's a really fascinating insight into an artist's world and you spend the whole film trying to figure out who fits into what character template that you're used to, but none of them actually end up fitting. And that was what's so profound about it. It really wow. twists in a believable way to get you really uh, reflecting on it afterwards. So highly recommend. Really good. Mm. And it's up for I've all heard Oscars. a couple of people recommend it. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. On. So yeah, that was my. That was as, <laughs> as far as I got out of the door to sit in the cinema. Mm. But with it, that's good. I love it. I'm good. What have you been up to, Tim? Oh yeah. Well, as I said, I haven't left the house really, um, apart from t- you know 
taking my children where they need to be. Um, but I have watched a couple of really great TV shows lately. Um, the first one is one that's on Netflix. I think it's one of those, you know, Netflix original ones. And it's um, The End of the Effing World. Oh, is that good? With asterisks. Yep, yep. Uh, where the uh, swear word is. Um, yes, it was really good. It was really, yeah, it, it was really good. It was a little bit shocking. Um, you know, you have to catch your breath every now and then. But, yes, highly recommend that. Um, you know, the first, I think the very first scene is a teenage boy sitting at school and he kind of says, um, you know, I've always wondered what it would be like to kill someone. Um, oh, he thinks he's a psychopath and he thinks he wants to kill someone. That's what he says. And so he gets his target and, yeah, the series kind of follows through him and his target's relationship. Um, surprisingly, it ends, it's only eight episodes or something. It's one of those really short ones that's really easy to get through and each episode's only 20 minutes. So it's yeah. a pretty quick watch. Mm. But it finishes on a real cliffhanger, mm. which is my favourite thing. Like I love books that really? don't finish neat. Ugh. Yeah. Who are you? I, I, I like it either. Who are you? No. Really? I love it when things aren't wrapped you up are and tied up. You're not selling me on this thing at all. No, 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 I hate it. No, it, it really sounds bad. <laughs> it finishes up in a mystery, so you don't. Does he kill know or what not? Happens. Is really what you're saying? Oh, no, I'm not saying that actually. No, no. But um, does she kill him or not? But it's interesting that so many people are, are demanding a season two because they have to know of what course, happened. Because that. they are normal yeah. human beings. <laughs> no, but I'm like, but that, that's going to ruin the magic, I think. No. I don't want to know what happens. Mm. Interesting. Anyways, yeah. Um, and the other, so the other show I watched was also only about eight episodes and was also British. Apart from that, absolutely, completely different. Um, it's called Game Face and it is on, it, I think it's currently on iView actually, mm. um, but they don't stay on iView forever. So you've got to catch them quick, don't you? Mm, you do. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Game Face and it, um, it stars and maybe she wrote it. I could be lying. I have a feeling she did a comedian, a British comedian called um, Roshin, I think that's how you say it, mm. Irish, Roshin um, Conaty or Kanati, can't remember. Anyways, she is very funny um, and it's basically about a 30-something-year-old whose life is basically crap and completely falling apart. She gets a Groupon voucher to see a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it kind of follows, follows through her sorting her crap out okay. um, to some extent or another and, you know, she's got crazy friends and you know, a ridiculous love life and all the rest. But it's, it was very funny, like laugh out loud funny. It was worth a worth a watch. Cool. Anything else from you, Ash? Uh, well, the only thing I've been listening to, um, I want to say Scala and Kolakni Brothers. Kolakni Brothers? Anyway. Well, if you they... want to say it, you say it. <laughs> we'll back I'll in. say it. And you'll find how to spell it in the notes. <laughs> but they are basically like brothers who started this choir in uh, mm. like Sweden or somewhere. And it's for kids, so like teenagers. And they started doing all classical music, but then they got bored of it. And so they do like kind of like pop songs and rock songs now. But it kind of has a classical 
tinge to it. But mm. they do songs like, um, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit and Creep, right. Radiohead, which I absolutely love in their accent because it's like really sweet. It's like really um, Scandinavian and classical sounding. Mm. Like, I love when they do the line from Creep, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> like it's just really <laughs> funny, but it's um, but it's really beautiful music, and it's songs that you know, so you kind of sing along. But it's done in a really beautiful kind of choral way. Yeah. Wow! I recommend that if you listen to one, listen to something different. <laughs> that is yeah. definitely different. <laughs> yes, my brother gets me onto these different things. I was wondering, so, I, and I usually enjoy them. Yeah, uh, we once went down, speaking of rabbit holes, have you guys ever heard of the shags? No. Okay. Oh, my gosh, you have to. Okay, if you want a good laugh, go onto iTunes and type in the shags. Basically, they're this, sorry, this is a real rabbit hole. They're like this group of three girls, right? Their dad was some kind of, I'm not sure if he was Christian or just a bit strange hippie, but he had like this (laughs) dream that they were going to become major like American pop stars. And so he made them like practice for hours on end and record, but they're terrible. They are awful. Like the drums speed up. I don't even know what tuning. They can't sing. And they have this album, uh, it's hilarious, called like uh, Philosophy of the World, I think it is. And just uh, like you just have to listen to it just for a laugh. It's Please do. Do yourselves a favour and listen to the show. It's hilarious. Anyway, sorry. No. That's me. Only one of their songs on Spotify just uh just so uh, nice. Is it My Power Foot Foot? I think My Power no. Foot Foot is there. Is there? Yeah. That does anyway. sound like a hit, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's a dad was really on the No, really. <laughs> After I'm telling you, when you get off this phone, when you get off this podcast, go and find the shags. You will laugh. Okay. And laugh. All right. Done. Deal. Done. Thing. Sorry. <laughs> anything else from you, Shell? Uh, okay. Look, I just I know this is getting a bit long, but I loved. I smashed out the series Love Sick on Netflix. Oh, it's ah, an, I noted that. Oh, the other you day. have yep. to watch it. I really, really enjoyed it. I think each season, similar to what you were saying, Tam, is about eight episodes, about half an yep. hour each. And it just follows, um, well, the premise is a bit awkward, but the guy gets a sexually transmitted disease and then each episode shows him going back and talking to a girl that he has slept with in the last three years. So he has to chat to each of these girls and sort of explain it because he's trying to be a nice guy and amend, make amends. But then there's, so there's four close friends, three guys and a girl, uh, and it follows how their relationship changes. But there's one guy, the best friend, is a really great character who just, sleeps around a lot but um had <laughs> he sounds been, like a great character he does right he sounds like a real he is the typical like um just idiot guy right who's an absolute ladies man but they really develop his character so well so by the third season he's seeing a psycho- psychologist who's just calling him on it and yeah he actually becomes some level of mature <laughs> but it's still very yeah. realistic in terms <laughs> of how he is trying to discover who he is and realize that he's actually got some failings and so, same for each of them they're really believable you know how english comedy is so um 
understated and uh, has a really good sense of sarcasm. This has it. Um, so I smashed that cool. out. I loved it. Really good. So okay. good one. get on it. Maybe oh. more fun than the shags or slags or whatever they are. <laughs> wow. I can't be sure. But <laughs> I think they stole our name. Finish off. I read a couple of awesome books in the last couple of weeks. One was Anne Patchett's Commonwealth, which I feel like mm. has been recommended a lot and it was worth well, a read. It sounds boring. It sounds like you're going to give me a history lesson. Is that what it is? I know. I was expecting that completely unrelated, not, nothing to do with anything okay. political. Commonwealth. Okay, cool. Yes, not. It's fiction. Reminded me a little bit of The Green Road. Mm. Um that we, I think you and I read that, Ursh, maybe, maybe just me. Okay. Um, fractured family, different lives, how it all works out, okay. you know, or doesn't work out. My favorite ending. Um, oh, and I've also no. read. <laughs> Note to self, don't ever go with Tan's recommendation. <laughs> Sorry, I never, yep. Um, I also read Sophie Laguna's The Choke, which has been, I think, been nominated for this year's Stella Prize. Right. Um, And so it's based in Australia. It's based kind of outback Australia. It's beautifully written from the perspective of a dyslexic nine-year-old girl and it's heartbreaking and amazing and I would recommend that as well if you need something to read. Both of them aren't very long, um, so they're good, you know, nighttime before you fall asleep reads. Okay. Awesome. I feel. Beautiful. Wow. That's a productive week, ladies. It's a lot going on. It was. Considering I feel like I've been busy, but I've just, I think when I'm busy, I feel like I need to slam things into mm. my, you know, either, you know, a lot of times I'm watching something but doing something else at the same time and you just need something else, don't you? Actually, sorry, one more thing, one more thing. Because we did post it to the Facebook page and I think you guys loved it as well, but the Babylon Bee website is amazing generally for sarcastic Christian news but they really outdid themselves with the um every book of the bible just a one-liner around uh summing up what that particular chapter was about psalms an ancient hillsong album with sheep metaphors instead of ocean metaphors or job the hebrew country music song Yep. <laughs> ah, really good. Oh, my favorite, sorry, Re- Revelation. Kirk Cameron fights the Antichrist in order to save Christmas from the New World Order. Thanks, Kirk. Oh, Kirk's always funny. Oh, Kirk. I read that out to Bruce and he's just yeah, like, he looked at me confused. I'm like, come on, Kirk Cameron. You've got to get that. DJ's brother. Oh, DJ's brother. I wanted to be friends with DJ to end up having a sleepover and get to meet Kirk and marry him. That was my. Wow. Because I grew up in America, guys. Yeah. So That's specific. It was specific. It was a strategy to get towards the vision. And on that Kirk note. Cameron, Jimmy Giggle. Who are you? I was not the Jimmy Giggle one. That was sort of put that out there. Good times. All right. See you Bye. next week.